Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, Steve. How's it going, Steve? Not too bad. How are you doing? Uh, Not too bad. You know, just uh, celebrating the fact that uh, Trump lost. Very yeah, decisively, too. Glow. Yeah, basking that glow. Good damn. Yeah, he's saying, oh, I'm going to have to leave the country, and it's like, good, go. Good, go, go, <laughs> yeah. go. Well, so, uh, and I, I, you know, I, I should probably read uh, verbatim uh, what a friend of mine uh, reposted because I, I, I think it's, uh, it, it's very, it's very, it, it's, it's very true, uh, and it actually works really fucking well with this show that we do because it's like this is the tweet it says everyone is celebrating, but like I don't know, man, it kind of feels like a horror movie where the monster just died, but there's still twenty minutes left in the runtime. <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah well you know uh i was gonna say we'll talk about one one but then we're gonna talk about another bob yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh and with us again again it's Terry. taylor you were out last recording because you were out sick but uh oh you, you didn't get uh, taken out by the blob which is what's important no no I felt like the blob, but I didn't get taken out. <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're just acid, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, just rolling around everywhere, you know. I don't know. I don't know what it is with horror movies and acid, but it's just like one of those things where I see acid, I'm like, nope, not doing that. Uh, but yeah, we're we're talking about two great horror movies. This, uh, but uh, the first recording is is uh, Blob. From 1988. Now this is a, a remix, so there is uh, another movie. I can't. I think. I think about 58. I want to say, but I'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent sure on that. Yeah, it was Steve McQueen. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen that movie, Steve? Yes, I have. Uh, when I was very young, I saw that movie, um, and I don't think it had that much of an effect on me, just because I, I don't know. Maybe I was half, only half paying attention to it or whatever. But um, whenever I think. I, I do. Whenever I think of the Blob, I do think Steve McQueen, but I, I definitely always think of this Chuck Russell one from 1988. Yeah, it's it's a movie that uh, I think is sort of the better film. I think I think it's just like the special effects were sort of make it a bit of a better movie. Like you watch that original movie, it's pretty cheesy, but you watch this yeah. now, and it's like even though the movie is. 30 plus years old like it still looks fantastic uh especially with all the practical effects um but yeah the official summary of the blob the blob a slimy substance made as part of a chemical experiment during the cold war spreads havoc in the city of arborville california and disfigures the people who come in contact with it which uh yeah that's the that's the blob for you disfigures Uh, is definitely a word for it i was gonna say that's like definitely like the least spoilerific way of describing what happens <laughs> to these people because it's not pretty. No. Um, 
And it's pretty much, like, if you look at the original film and you look at this one, they're pretty much beat for beat, pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah, story-wise and whatnot, right? I think even the 50s film includes, like, the whole cold being the weakness of the blob thing, too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, yeah, the, I, 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 the one thing I know they added in this that I, I always kind of get a little weirded out by is the whole preacher with at the end where he's got it in his jar. Yeah. That's, a little, <laughs> that's always a little weird. I always felt like that was like sequel set up for a sequel we never got. Oh, yeah. Well, cause I, and it's funny because I don't think there ever was a sequel written for it but i know uh because i listened to the movie crypt quite a bit that joe lynch uh who did like everly and mayhem and and some other movies he wrote a blob too okay and i i mean just you know as a fledgling filmmaker and everything it just never saw the light of day i think he probably still has it somewhere i should tweet at him and see if he still has his blob Two screenplay would always be interesting if like something like that ever like came out as like a comic or something like that, you know? Yeah, well, why not? Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Or I, I mean, or or it could be like an evolution story. Like there are certain like weird thing, like even the slugs in like a Night of the Creeps could be almost be an offshoot of the Blob, just because how the Blob, uh, at least in this film, uh, operates uh, with the tendrils and everything like that. It is kind of. It is kind of an evolving thing, right? So, yeah, you, it doesn't have to be succinctly what it was in the first movie to make a sequel. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I chose this movie, and uh, I think it's just I, I love this movie. It's it's got some great body horror. Uh, I say this is one of the few movies where you can forget the names of the characters and just call them by their archetypes, and it doesn't matter. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty like much. when I'm talking about this movie, I I just say the jock, the rebel, the cheerleader, and I don't think it matters. And that's not a bad thing. Like sometimes it's just like I don't need to be bothered to remember who the cheerleader's name is. She is just the cheerleader, and she's pretty hot too. We'll get to an email about that, but uh, she's I'm pretty, pretty sure I'm pretty sure another character just calls her the cheerleader at one point too. So that's how I literally have her in my brain is the cheerleader. Yeah. The only character's name that I for sure remember is Paul because it gets yelled at one or screamed at one point. Um, everyone else is I I honestly can't remember. <laughs> I do. Remember. I just called her Amanda. Oh yeah. I just I, called her Amanda because that's her that's her name in Saw. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I know the sheriff's name is Herb. So I do remember his name being Herb, but it, it, it's one of those movies where I, I, I don't think it matters. And that's kind of the, the nice simplicity of it. It's just a horror movie with some archetypes and, you know, some really good practical effects, some really good effects in this. Like mm-hmm. you watch some of these effects and they're just phenomenal. Uh, we'll get to some of them. I don't want to spoil like favorite kill and all that. Cause I kind of will touch on like what some of the best effects will be, I think. But uh, yeah. Uh, so when was the first time uh, either of you watched this movie? Oh boy. Uh, I saw this on the old VHS wall when I was probably about 12, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Paul's death definitely gets got is the most memorable thing that I pull away from this one. Mm-hmm. And the movie theater sequence because it's it's uh I I mean it, it it's as a kid it's your like your safe space and then for like all these people who get massacred in the in the theater it was definitely it, it stuck with me mm-hmm. uh and <laughs> to go along with with uh 
calling the cheerleader Amanda. I kept calling the sheriff Dale this whole time. He does kind of like strike you as a Dale, doesn't he? No, well, he is Dale in Walking Dead. It's Jeffrey DeMunn. Oh, yeah. Ah. He did look familiar. I couldn't quite put a yeah. pin on it, but... Uh... Well, also and... Uh, uh, I mean, there's more connection to The Walking Dead than just that as well. There's uh, Frank Darabont, too. Frank Darabont, yeah. Yeah. Um, how about you, Taylor? When was the first time you watched this movie? Uh, I watched this for the podcast, so it was my first time watching it very recently. And uh, pleasant surprise, I hope. Yes. I mean, I think The Blob is another one of those movies that I've, I had heard about before, but it was just... Because it was from the 80s, and I don't know if this has like a huge following or not for the blob, but it was kind of one of those ones that's like brought up as part of lists of oh yeah, these are fun movies, fun horror movies, basically. Yeah. But I never, I never really got around to watching it until now, so I'm definitely glad that I did watch it though. Uh, I was in elementary school, I want to say, and um, we had to do like it's funny because like now like. Steve, you do those things like 35th anniversary and all that. In, mm-hmm. in elementary school, they were like, you got to choose a movie that's like, you know, a certain number of years old and talk about it. It was like one of our elementary school projects. So I went to like Rogers Video or Blockbuster or wherever, and I'd always seen the cover for this movie. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to talk about this because I, I saw it. It came out in 88. And this was in 1998. I had to do this. So I'm like, oh, it's 10 years old. This will be perfect. So I watched the movie uh. for this elementary school project. And- <laughs> I just remember I uh, I included pictures of like the deaths, including like Paul's death and all this other stuff, uh, and I got a really bad grade. In fact, I actually got like to, uh, brought to the principal. They were like really disturbed that I talked about a horror movie, and I was like, "Well, fuck you." <laughs> so that's sad. Aww. <laughs> they brought up my parents' parents too. Like, you know, Chris asked to talk about a movie, and he talks about the Blob, and I'm and I'm like, it's a good what do you like <laughs> don't give me shit for this but in the 90s when kids talk talk for movies that's it you got all to the principal so mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but yeah yeah i just, like watch it as uh how old i would have been, been yeah 10 years old because this, this movie out the year i was born so um uh you know, watching it as a 10 year old i was just yeah a lot of things stick with you with you in this movie when you're young, like Paul's death in particular. There's like like the, the kid that dies in this. In this, they don't mm-hmm. make a big deal mm-hmm. out of it. But there's totally a fucking kid that dies in this movie. I know it is shocking. Yeah. Honestly, in now standard, that scene's kind of shocking, especially how he comes out and he's just like fuck. It's like um, Paul McCrane, uh, who uh, uh, who appears in this one as the deputy. It's like his death in RoboCop, where he's like. Rah! And he's like, it's yeah. like this malformed thing. Yeah, uh, it's it's just this, this movie was so shocking to me. To me, as I, it's always stuck in my head. I think because I watched watched it young, um, I've revisited so many times. Uh, but it's it's just a fantastic movie, and I I still love it. You know, however many many later. So, um. Yeah, we got a couple. Well, I got a few emails. This was, this was a popular one. I even had, had nice. to like choose emails to like not talk talk because I was like, we won't have <laughs> time to do all these guys. But uh, I guess it shows how popular this movie movie is. Um, Julie says, "One of the better horror remakes. Do you have, do you have favorite horror movie re remakes?" 
Ooh, I mean, we're going to talk about it on the next episode, but the Fright Night remake yes. was actually one of my favorite ones. Yeah. And it, we are we already talked about it, but uh, Suspiria is another really good... I yeah. really like the original because that the music from the original still gets me. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. But the, the remake is really, really good, too. Yeah. The remake for talk, does talk its own re- Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, for sure. And uh, I mean... So some of them feel like they were so few and far between when it comes to remakes because we've had so many shitty, shitty remakes. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, I had fun with what Rob Zombie did with the Halloween series. Uh, I like mm-hmm. the Dirty Trailer Park Halloween quite a bit. Um, I really like uh, what Annie Muset uh, Muschetti was doing with it until Chapter Two. <laughs> um uh, like we're like halfway there um <laughs> yeah there's i i mean there, there's there's a handful of really great remakes uh but I, I unfortunately it's weighed down by by like a lot of really terrible remakes mm-hmm. yeah there's there was like a stretch in the 80s where there was a lot of horror remakes like the fly the thing mm-hmm. uh and i say those movies including this one are superior to the original uh, ways because they take sort of the definitely relatively simple concept and they just build on it but uh i'm gonna say evil dead 2 technically it feels like a remake in a lot of ways right like it it's kind of rehashing a lot of the ideas of the first but it's just done better uh and i think that's what a remake is in a lot of ways and that's what a sequel can do in a lot of ways a sequel can be in a lot of ways a remake like uh even you know to bring it back to friday the 13th as i often do uh (laughs) Friday the 13th Part 2 feels like a remake of the first film, just more better done than the first. So, um, yeah. So, I don't know. There, there's a lot of good horror movie remakes. Um, there's some that I just can't stand whatsoever, but uh, many of them are pretty good. So, uh, Okay. Uh, Kyle says, the practical effects in the blob digesting people is so cool. Honestly, is the best part of this movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was definitely agree. there was definitely one CGI moment where a tentacle comes out at one point. That was the only thing that I noticed in this movie was not very well done. But other than that, like the practical effects and like I, we've talked about uh, Paul's death a bunch of times, but like uh, it's so good. It's mm-hmm. honestly, if I had seen that in person as one of the characters in this movie, it would have been terrifying. <laughs> and apparently, they freaked Shawnee Smith out with that gag too because. They had they they she had seen that there was a, a body rigging and everything of uh, Donovan Lights Jr.'s body, uh, but they didn't tell her that he was physically actually going to be that in there at the kind of the first part of it. So mm-hmm. when she yells, "Oh my God, Paul!" like that wasn't scripted. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, terrifying for her, but oh, for sure. <laughs> and, I mean, she was pretty young at the time too, right? So it's like. And I believe she's us. I, I want to say that she's Australian as well. Uh, so it's like, um, you know, stepping into like a, a Hollywood set in generally where where more of the money was spent on special effects, obviously, because uh, I think it was like a nineteen million dollar production, and I think most of it went to special effects. Yeah, uh, yeah, this movie just looks fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Also, too, I think it helps that uh, Chuck Russell and Frank Darabont cut their teeth a little bit in making Nightmare on Elm Street 3, uh, which very visual movie in a lot of ways. So I think they kind of, you could tell they sort of took 
that uh, sense of theatrics from that movie and applied it to this. Mind you, it's a different movie, you know, less cerebral and all that, but still you can take those lessons and apply it. So it uh, still works really well. Uh, Derek says, I watched this movie for the podcast and I'm crushing hard on Shawnee Smith. As you should. She is. She is very fine in this movie. <laughs> I mean, and can I just say, when the chemistry between her and the bad boy was like brought up, I instantly knew that her jock boyfriend was going to die. I was like, nah, they're setting this up as like the OTP for this movie. He's Paul is, Paul's dead. Or, or he's going to get injured and put in a coma in the hospital or something like that, you know? They really do make the jocks out to be incredibly moronic in this movie. There's mm-hmm. the one that's got like his drink station in the back of his car. And I just thought, how impractical is that? Like, <laughs> he hits one road bump and that's it. That whole back is just done. And I was like, hey, <laughs> but if he got laid, it's worth it. I was really expecting <laughs> to take a roofie out at one point and put it in the drink. But, uh, you know, good for him that he didn't go that route. But uh, his, his trunk is like Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he didn't need a roofie when the blob took her over. She was out like a light. So yeah, he, exactly. he, got, he got a little feel up then, you know? And that was so great, too, like, just how they shot that with him, like, unbuttoning her blouse and putting his hand down her blouse, and just all of a sudden, just, like, dead. I thought that was great. It's just, like, they could have had the blob attack him at any point, but have him attacked when he's, like, just being a total perv was great. Congratulations, <laughs> you just felt up the blob. <laughs> and the blob is not one for handsies. No. Um... <laughs> uh, Time for some words. Uh, best line. I went with her, uh, and this is line of line of, I feel like the one-legged man in an ass-kicking con- const. Mm, I also had that one. I had um, when they were uh, above the hospital, and he's like, it's probably promotional gimmick. They're giving away free tonsillectomies or something. I like that one. That was great. I really, really like the meeting of... Uh... When uh, Meg introduced Paul to her dad, and he looks in and goes ribbed. Oh yeah, because <laughs> of the condom thing. I, I, it's just, it's so funny to me. Uh, uh, that's such a great big dual thing too. Like how they shoot mm-hmm. that, so so fun. Yeah. It's almost like a little mini horror movie in itself. Was the boyfriend realizing that his <laughs> girlfriend's dad already thinks a certain way of him? That's like heart pounding moment. Yeah. Um. Uh... Cool. Best kill. Or no, best, best performance. Sorry. Uh, well, well, no, just kidding. <laughs> best performance, performance. Oh, man. Kevin Dillon. Kevin yeah. Dillon with his his glorious his glorious mullet, which uh, both him and Shawnee Smith wear, uh, were forced to wear hair extensions uh, because it's what uh, Chuck Russell wanted for the aesthetic of these characters. I don't know why. Um doesn't really add anything to either of their characters at all, but uh, okay, ch- okay, Chuck. Some more, more 80s, I guess. I guess, but there's nothing 80s. Uh, there's nothing super 80s about the aesthetic of this movie. If the aesthetic of this movie is anything, it's small town. You know, it's it, like it, it's all in that setup in the in the the opening credits. You know what I mean? Which is, is a brilliant. Uh, I, I mean, it was something we didn't really touch on yet. It's the the brilliance of those opening credits that show like this ghost town, but it really isn't a ghost town. It's just because everybody's at the football game. Yeah. So it's like such a neat misdirect, and I mean, this movie is constantly doing misdirects and 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 pulling them off quite well. Yeah, 
I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's like all all the actors in this sort of just blend in. Nobody really stands out that much. Uh, I would say save for Jeffrey uh, Demun as uh, Herb. Like he kind of mm-hmm. stands out, but it's almost like he seems like he's in a different movie sometimes. But wait, and he has an arc that completely disappears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's like. But he he, he is. It was like, almost pointless in setting him up. Yeah, because it was like it was like you, his arc just disappears. Like as soon as can as soon as Candy Clark gets killed in the phone booth, it's like, well, who fuck? Like that's your that was your entire arc. Yeah, yeah. No, he. Uh, he I don't know. I did enjoy him in this, but definitely you kind of feel like he's just kind of he's chewing the scenes a lot of the time. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but. Again, most people in this movie seemingly are, like, a part of the picture. They're not really standing out too much. But that's not a bad thing, but it just makes it hard to choose, like, who's the best actor in this one. It's like, it kind of felt like everyone, to me, was sort of just playing their parts, but not necessarily chewing scenery as much as he was. I think he was definitely leaning towards that a little bit, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh... Yeah. Taylor, did you say what your best performance was? Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to decide, too. I was going to just choose between either, like, the cheerleader or, um, I don't remember the character's name at all, but, like, the scientist government guy in the suit who's telling everyone to kill everyone else, basically. Oh, they're he's, expendable. Yeah, yeah. John Seneca. Uh, he, he stood out to me a little bit, too, but mostly just because, yeah, it was almost a little absurd how much he was just, like, Nah, just kill everyone. Like it doesn't matter. It yeah. just, it, it, we just got to get the blob back. So, just fuck it. Just just kill everyone. That is one thing about this movie that I just don't quite like is the whole government angle. It, I almost would have preferred if it was just like this, like kind of anonymous blob. Yeah, but that's the '50s paranoia that carries over from the original script, though. Yeah, that 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 government takeover thing, like that's. I feel like that's an indelible piece and probably what got the film greenlit is the, I mean, especially at the time, you know, eighties was like kind of that cold, like coming off the cold war, like, like paranoia still uh, of being afraid of your government. And I think that's probably honestly what probably got the film like largely greenlit. Yeah. It's not like it's a bad overly like the worst thing in the world but it just gotta feel somehow like it would have i would felt like it would have been better to just not know what the deal with the blob was sort of as if like you like just like the the characters you just don't really know too much but um best kill i i'm going with paul obviously yeah like yeah when he gets melted and she tries to like pull him out and then his arm just like rips off is just great Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, and then his, like, mouth, his face is all caught in it, so his mouth opens up super wide, and it's, like, really oh, gross. It's so haunting. It's great. Yeah. Though. Yeah. I I honestly liked the phone booth one, too, because I was like, ooh, are they going to explode it inside? And then it happened, and it was great. And they actually, it looked like they had some sort of effect, like, practical effect of her body also getting crushed inside the phone mm-hmm. booth when it happened, mm-hmm. too. That mm-hmm. was pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, dumbest decision in this movie. Oh boy. Um, 
<laughs> why why okay frank collision the who plays the he's he's always like a crazy like coot character and stuff but he plays the film projectionist in this movie mm-hmm. uh why the hell is he just hanging his head there and watching this thing come towards him <laughs> yeah. he's just like oh <laughs> what i'm gonna say when the rebel decides to ride his motorcycle in the um the, the sort of like the the underground sewers or whatever it, it just felt so stupid like just get off and walk in dude like why do you have to like ride that thing everywhere because <laughs> um, it looks cool you know he's gotta look he's gotta look cool in this movie and oh, there yeah. was one scene where like i think it was in that scene where he does like a little turnaround in like the the sewer and he goes up the side of a the sewer wall a little bit that was, that was pretty cool i was pretty impressed by that to, to be honest <laughs> Yeah. See? Um, See? Taylor would have been into Kevin Dillon with a mullet. I mean, if I was in the 80s, not, yeah, that's probably true. 100%. <laughs> I probably would have, like, going into the blob and watching a horror movie, he probably would have been part of the reason behind me going there to see go. it. So. There, there we go. There we go. Johnny Drama to the end. Yeah, not not going to say it wouldn't have worked. Um, <laughs> I feel like the dumbest decision it was just creating the blob in the first place. But I don't know if like that you wouldn't have a movie without that decision. So I, yeah. I don't know if I can really yeah, say that. But You kind of need the blob for the blob. But yeah. I, I see what you're saying, though. It's, it just seems so reckless to make this thing that it both disintegrates people and spreads quickly. It's... Yeah, and then you just like shoot it into space, or like I, I'm still not 100 percent clear what their whole overall plan or whatever was. But I, I almost need to be have one of those big boards where I like put all the strings up between all and connect everything. <laughs> yeah, your Charlie Day board. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Steve, did you say what your dumbest decision was? Uh, yeah, I, I think it was the. Uh, I'm gonna go with the the projectionist. He just seems so stupid <laughs> for 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 his couple of minutes on screen. Uh, I also really quickly want to mention that uh, the doctor uh, that is uh, is looking after the uh, homeless dude, Can Man, mm. um, is Jack Nance, who's oh, playing Martell on Twin Peaks. Yeah, every time yeah, I yeah. see a Twin actor i like something a little bit more <laughs> well exactly uh i and i'm burying the lead on that one uh he's fucking eraser head like he's he's the man jack Nance. and a tragic flicks i think at least in canada oh, it's on canadian netflix oh so good it's so good um and i mean tragically we should still have jack nance he was murdered outside of a bar so yeah, oh, yeah. i didn't yeah. know that. that's really sad actually yeah yeah it's pretty brutal. I think he was, was like manslaughter is what the conviction was, but yeah, he was he was murdered. Jeez, that's yeah. Uh, okay, well, I think I think it's time to this a score. Um, would you? What do you? What do you lead me towards for a score? Uh, I give it a solid eight. This is such a fun movie. Uh, I mean, it's not perfect, but uh, I mean. And looking back, I, I was wrong about the budget. The budget was uh, $10 million and only made 8.2. So the movie did lose money. But, I mean, they spent most of that on special effects, and I think it comes through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
I, I, it's just it's a fun movie thoroughly, and mm. uh, you can't fault it for that. Oh, what would be Taylor? What was the score of? Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna give this a seven. It was it was definitely good. I think I if I watch it again, I would probably re- rewatch it with a couple drinks or with people, because and I think that would make it a bit more fun. Um, yeah, it's good. It's a good movie. I kind of wish I also had watched it closer to Halloween. I think that would have been more fun too. Yeah. I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. I do really enjoy this movie. My only real issue with it is, yeah, the whole government subplot feels a little unnecessary. I think if they ever remade this, you could just drop that. Like, just have the blob be the blob. Just, that's all you need. You don't need, like, too much. Uh, although, I guess without the government, you wouldn't have had that redemption on that sick motorcycle jump. So, you know. <laughs> It needs to exist for something. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, uh, I am on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Steeple Dead. My website is stevestebbing.ca. Uh, I am on uh, The Shift across Canada every Thursday at 11 p.m. Pacific with, uh, right now, my pal Shane Hewitt, good guy. Not really a huge movie guy, but that's where I come in. I'm changing this dude. I'm I, I, he's watching stuff now it's blowing my mind so uh good on him uh he still won't do horror yet so i still have more work to do uh (laughs) and uh i don't know i've been going i've been going back hard on uh letterboxd again so you can find me on there i'm gonna try to keep it more updated no guarantees but i'm trying it's tough sometimes to do like yeah yeah sometimes you just go on and you're like oh i guess i should probably update this and then other times I watch a movie and I'm like, I just want to go like go for a walk or something. I don't want to have to immediately go and update Letterbox, but <laughs> yeah. Taylor, how about you? Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, mostly on social media. My username is Circeanic. Uh, if I do anything important, I post it on my blog, which is circeanic.home.blog. Uh, I have another podcast that I do called Cryptonics. Uh, it comes out every once in a while, usually on Thursdays. We talk about creepy things, and well, that's pretty much it. Nice. I'm more of a threegrinners.com, where we actually just talked about the next movie we were talking about, Fright Night, the other week. It was funny because we were already watching Fright Night for this podcast, and then they were like, hey, do you want to? Can we talk about Fright Night? I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm already watching it for Trumbull. Like, sure. <laughs> um,. <laughs> But yeah, uh, we also do monthly movie commentaries, which are always a lot of fun. And have some reviews up. I watched Freaky, the new uh, Christopher Landon movie. Oh, I get mine on uh, on uh, Tuesday night is when mine's coming in. So nice. I did give yeah, it. Looking forward to it. A nine out of ten. I did really enjoy it. So damn. If you want to watch a a good horror comedy, it's uh, definitely up there for sure. So all right. Until next time, everyone, bye for now.